Another episode of Sports and Songs Podcast. We're on season number four. Tonight we're on episode number 37, which is a songs edition, Andy. Uh, we got songs to talk about tonight. It's an, it's an album review. We've got special guests uh, on an interview here from Motley 6. We've got the guys from Motley 6 here on the show for tonight. We're going to be reviewing an album, but let's say uh, hello to Eddie. Eddie, how are you doing? Hello. Doing great, man. How are you? Eddie, uh Great. Uh, Eddie is uh, bass and does vocals for Motley Six, a local Minneapolis tribute band. We also yes. have Kyle, drums and vocals. Say hello, Kyle. How you doing, everybody? Hey, nice to hello. have you on the show here. Yeah, nice to be here. Got, and then we got Russ. Now, Russ is on the road. Uh, we'll try to get him on here the show if he can come on or not, uh, but he's traveling right now. So there's three guys make up the, the band Motley Six, and so we'll be talking to them, getting their... Uh, information um as far as how they got started how they got getting going along here in the very popular very popular minneapolis twin cities minneapolis st paul <laughs> tribute location uh, tribute right. scene uh there's russ say hello russ hey is this thing working oh, yes yeah. Yeah. oh my god you say technical difficulties or what we got you <laughs> live here we started the show Russ is traveling, so stay on as long as you can here, Russ. But we'll uh, say say hi to everyone, Russ. Hey, what's happening? Russ with Molly Six. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Eddie. Hey, so Russ. Russ is uh, lead guitar here for Motley Six, and also vocals. So Andy, you know, we've been looking forward to having these guys on for a while. Uh, we've had yeah. various yeah. tribute bands on, and yep. various tribute bands uh, on as interviews and we're looking forward to getting these guys on here uh, they got a big show coming up the end of august they're up in duluth performing at the duluth tribute fest the end of august and so looking forward to that show and we'll get their uh comments um uh, on that as well as far as uh looking forward to to heading up there for yeah. that you know kissing time uh, appeared there last year as well, I think, for the first time. But this will be their their debut. Now, as far as the album, Andy, we're going to be covering Decade of Decadence tonight. So let me bring that up. Yeah. The logo for that. And I like doing album reviews with with tribute bands on to get their you know to get their feedback. And tonight we've got Decade of Decadence, nineteen uh, nineteen ninety one. Greatest hits, essentially. But uh, I like to get these guys' thoughts on it here as we go along. But first, I'll start off with you, Andy. Decade of Decadence was the first compilation album by yep. American heavy metal band Motley Crue released October of 1991. It was the band's sixth overall album and first of several greatest hits. You know, So they did this right before uh, Halloween 1991. Uh, here in Minnesota, there was the infamous Halloween storm, uh, the blizzard that yeah. came <laughs> on Halloween yeah. Eve. So this album really came out a couple weeks before that. It's considered heavy metal slash glam metal. 62 minutes long and 48 seconds released on Electra. Now, the one thing I find interesting here, Andy, it's 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 15 songs. We'll go through them all, but they mix it up. They they do mix it up. There's three. There's three redos or re-recordings or remixes on this of previous yep. songs. They they throw in a live song. They present three new, brand new recordings on this album. And the other eight songs are really just greatest hits from your previous recordings. So they'll start it off with, I think, the best song of all. My favorite 
all-time favorite Motley Crue song is Livewire. How about you guys? Top five. That's a good one. I'm going to say top five. Top five, probably. Yeah, I'll say top five. Exhausted. Safe yeah. to say. Safe to say. <laughs> it was your first taste of them. So, you, you know, you, you always love that first song you hear from a band. It's hard to get rid of that oh, song. Yeah. And that was, and that was for me. So that's a, that's a huge, uh, huge song. Nice to start off that with song number one. Song two is... Uh, and that's a remix. You know, Livewire, they did the remix. Uh, this is a 1991 remix. And let me know, too, guys, if uh, if you guys liked it, uh, like it, don't like it, like the original better, um, think they're the same, you know, feel free. Uh, your, your to be comment. honest, I actually I actually didn't even listen to that remix. I've only ever really listened to the original version. But uh, the original version is kind of where it's at. It's also their first radio hit. So yep. just like how you said it's your favorite, I could imagine when that's the first song. You your hear, first love one does that song in your heart. Yeah. First impressions <laughs> of everything. You're going to love that song. You'll love the band, you know. Awesome. Awesome. The next song is Peace. A uh, piece of your action, and same thing, remix. Thoughts on that, guys? Yeah. You know, what a just a killer song. And I don't know, I like the rawness of the original record, but I also like the remix version just sounds bigger, but it, it, it also uh, lacks some of that just uh, raw edginess that the original mix had, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know, I'm kind of a fan of both, but... You know, same thing for Livewire. I mean, I love the way the, the remix version sounds, but the the original is just in your face, you know? Yeah. I would agree with Russ. I mean, uh, it's nice to hear a redone version because it has, for me as a bass player, just I like to feel the music. It's not as mid midline or thin as a lot of 80s recordings were. There's some kick to the drum. There's some bottom end of the bass. Um, I was a big fan of Livewire because I'm an MTV generation, so I'd stay up late to watch Headbangers Ball and uh, just the end of the song. It wasn't like a normal ending to a song. You got the, the stops and starts, and you just like are waiting for that cowbell to hit or the you know the top of the uh, cymbal to hit, and you're just it just like keeps you jazz, and you're like you want to hear another two minutes of it. How about your thoughts, Andy? Uh, piece of your action. Good song. As far as this album for Decade of Decadence goes, it's my least favorite song on the album. And I think that's, again, kind of like you said, MTV Generation. I love Livewire. But the other songs really kind of is when I really got into the band. Mm-hmm. So, great song. Don't get me wrong. I like the fact that went two songs for each album. But my least favorite on the album. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's kind of mediocre as far as energy it's a good song it chugs along but as far as like getting me interested i would probably you know i like playing it it's a fun fun uh song but uh uh yeah as far as like energy and like the the feel of the crew i think it's down the down the scale for for me now the next two songs on the album are shout at the devil the original and looks that kill uh, the original uh, uh good songs of course uh, yeah, any yeah. thoughts on those two i guess there's gonna be a lot of thoughts uh, we could probably yeah. skip yeah. over the greatest the whole album was the great. new ones we'll talk yeah the whole about the devil album top to bottom is solid you know we yeah. play almost all of the shout album in its entirety now we're getting close and one of our one of our goals coming up is to play the entire shout album front to back just for the just to celebrate what a monster record that was. And I remember oh, wow. as a kid, 
that was the first Motley record that I heard, and it was from that moment on, it was all over. I'm like, this is the coolest bands I've ever heard in my life. So, <laughs> yeah, well yeah. said, well said. Now, the next song, Home Sweet Home, they did the remix, released it as a single, and made a music video all yeah. out of Home Sweet Home. Now, the one thing I've got here in my notes is that, and I didn't know this, but Home Sweet Home only reached as high as 89 on the charts on the original. They re-released it, and it hit in the top 40, reaching 37. So whoever thought the idea to do that was right on the money because uh, uh, the record company probably... Uh, what's your, I, I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on re-releasing a song like that and doing so much better the second time around. Thoughts? Um, well, I think that, well, for this song, this song is like the one that's closest to me because I remember in the days of uh, lip syncing and, uh, you know, it was just coming around as a new thing. Uh, my eighth grade dance, they had like a little talent show and all these people would do these different songs and like the cool kids did Home Sweet Home and it was loud and it was in a gymnasium and I'm like, this is the band for me. So uh, I was like, you know, I, I kind of backtracked a little bit. I got Theater of Pain and I went backwards. But I think as far as re-releasing, I think they were kind of a trendsetter because, um, you know, it's a totally different audience. It's 10 years later. It's more accessible. It's not just records and tapes. In the 80s and 90s, you got CDs, which were cheaper, easier to play. Um, and you see nowadays, a lot of people re-release tunes or they're on a album, a movie soundtrack or something, and they just skyrocket or... Unfortunately, like if a band member dies, sometimes that's would rekindle their music. Yeah. But um, I think that you know you never really heard of that much back in those days to re-release a song and and have it do better. I thought it was pretty cool. How about you, Andy? Uh, yeah. How do you like the video and, and everything? Well, when they re-released, uh, I think it was around the time a bunch of country artists redid Motley Crue songs, and one of them did a video for "Home Free Home," and that kind of kicked the popularity of the song a little bit too. Um, so that might have helped MTV, I think, helped a lot with how it was popular on MTV, but not the radio, which was really odd. Usually yeah, it helped it more there, but still a like good a, video, good song. Kind you of know, the original video was cool because you could see like their concert footage. I was, yeah, yeah. I think the original, the original video is better. I also think that uh, I don't like the re recorded piano and stuff, I don't like the piano tone for the. 91 remix either i think the original version should have stayed the same whether they re-released it or not updated the same mix with the same exact instruments as it was but that's just my opinion yeah, fair enough yeah, that's I, mean, a I mean home sweet home really was a became a template for the power ballad thing so it's kind of a double-edged sword you know because it's one of the, it's a great song but it it kind of paved the way for a bunch of not so great songs by other artists you know that's true yeah. And I think the video too had kind of uh, they put a different angle on it. It was more like uh, community and, and hometown stuff like at the end when the I believe the, a fire truck is like backing into the fire station. Yeah. And some images like that. Everybody was like, you don't have to see the van, but all these images kind of hit home one way or another for people. And uh, I thought it was a, a cool change, but I, I would agree with Kyle. I like the original better because it's just I've never seen them in concert and they MTV is the only way you can do that. When it came out, I'm like, holy shit, I got to start watching. I got to start going to live shows. Oh, yes. I, mean, I think that it was a really pivotal thing for Motley Crue to have Home Sweet Home. I mean, 
it, it widened their audience probably. I don't even, I, geez, how do you even measure that? You know, from uh, fans that were like diehard and to shout at the devil and whatnot. And then when they had the hit from Home Sweet Home, I mean, that just opened up their music to millions of people, you know? Yeah. So pretty cool. Yeah, really did well. Uh, the next, the next four songs are all just originals. Smoking in the Boys Room, Girls, Girls, Girls. Smoking was a cover, actually. Oh yeah, so the cover, the yeah. Coda. But it means uh, original recordings. Uh, original yeah, Motley Crew. Yep. And then uh, oh, yeah. after Feel Good. So those four are nothing new. They're just greatest hit songs. Uh, yeah. Smoking no. in the Boys Rooms. Yeah. A cover, cover song there. Um, so there's nothing really new on those. Then it comes in to kickstart my heart. They give a live recording from Dallas, Texas. Thoughts on that? Oh, that song just kicked my ass the first time I heard it. I was, I was like, it just sounded so huge, and I could just feel the energy of of what that live show must have been like. I don't know. That's my take. I when the first time I heard that live version, I was just blown away. Yeah, I mean, the, the, when you can hear the explosion in the background after they uh, kick in the, um, yeah. after the first bit of it, and you can actually hear it and feel it if you have your stereo loud enough. I mean, like, holy crap. Again, I got go to get get to some live shows. Yeah. <laughs> or see them live. I didn't see them live until, I can't remember, probably the 90s. I mean, I, my first concert was in 88, and then... Uh, can't remember. I mean, I've seen him like four times, but yeah, I've never seen him live myself. How about you guys, uh, including Andy? How many times have you seen the crew live? Zero. Okay. Oh. I've uh, seen Motley Crue three times live. Okay. 2009, yeah. 2010, when he uh, St. Los Angeles tour the first time with like um, Theory of a Dead Man and Hinder and whatever. And then the second time was the New York Dolls and Poison and Yep, something else show. and the third time was motley crew and kiss at the state fair so that was pretty oh, cool yes. but i got to see nice. tommy with the first time with the big circle roller coaster and okay. all that cool stuff that was pretty awesome wow that's really cool that's right i think i saw i think my first one was the on this album when they went to the state or no it was the carnival of sins tour at oh, the state fair, which is like an oxymoron you have the crew who who are who they are and uh tommy tried to do is show your breast disease bit and they had they just never flashed, you know, they never showed the crowd. I mean, I think it was like a 10 second one, maybe. <laughs> so it's like it's weird. But I saw the show that Kyle was at with the New York Dolls, and then I saw them uh, last year at the stadium tour. And then okay, I saw cool. them solo at, in Long Beach, California in 2016, I think it was. So. <laughs> Long Beach. Uh, four, four times. Uh, or who's going to jump in next there? I'll go ahead. Yeah, it's you. Well, 1994 at the Fargo Civic Center, and then I can't believe this actually happened, but Motley Crue played at the Myth Nightclub in Maplewood. Nice. They rolled in there with their semi-trucks full of gear and just blew the roof off that place. Couldn't couldn't believe that even happened. And then saw them again on the uh, Saints of Los Angeles tour, and then the uh, when they just came through town with Def Leppard. Oh, awesome. at the stadium at the uh the myth was that very, fairly new then at the time you know i can't remember if it was like the five-year anniversary or the 10-year anniversary it was okay. it was one of their it was one of their anniversaries of being open in business 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you kidding me? Molly Cruz playing there? Oh, it was nice. kind of weird because it was, you know, you know, it was, it was, you know, you think about Molly Cruz as an arena band. And so it was a bit strange seeing them at the myth, but it was incredible. It was Small, awesome. Intimate setting. Well, great. Yeah. Great venue. Yeah. And then they released uh, Teaser, the Tommy Boland cover, and Rock and Roll Junkie. Thoughts on those two songs? Oof. Uh, I really like Rock and Roll Junkie. I don't know. Some of the some of the guitar work for that song specifically, it's obviously got a great bass line, but, I mean, specifically, I don't know, McMars really did something cool there, and uh, there's some little screaming, squealy things he's got going on, and I don't know, it gets me every time. I don't know why. Just something I really like. I love the way those two songs sound, and I think it's some of Mick's best guitar playing. They're yeah. just fantastic. I, I kind of like Rock and Roll Junkie. I like Rock and Roll Junkie because it's from Ford Fairlane. That's right. Oh, yes. Andrew <laughs> Dice Clay. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 So that was never, song, like that. That song was oh, never yeah. released uh, as a Motley Crue song until this album. Is that is that correct? Yeah. So it was yeah. just on the Ford Fairlane soundtrack they put it on, on the soundtrack. Album. Okay. So they had to release it. The good way to do that here on the on the greatest hits, essentially yeah, a decade of decadence with uh, yeah. rock and roll junkie with the Andrew Dice Clay uh, movie Adventures of Ford Fairlane. If you watch that, there's a snippet. Yeah. Teasers the other song, and then they end up on the album with three new, fresh recordings: mm-hmm. Primal Scream, Angela, and Anarchy in the UK. The Sex Pistols cover song that Megadeth also did. Uh, let's go through your thoughts. Let's go around the whole, uh, around the table on your thoughts on each one of those. Each, uh, go ahead, uh, Eddie. Uh, well, my favorite out of the three is probably Primal Scream because again, when it first came out, um, just being a bass player, the bass line is just. Uh, I think after like hearing it a bunch, I decided I taught myself how to play it. Um, just a great um, thunderous song. Same thing with a little bit of, uh, um, you know, like uh, singing and and repeating with uh, lead singer versus yep. the rest of the rest of the group. Um, Angela, it's an okay song. Um, not a big fan of that one. Then Anarchy, uh, they just put their own spin on an old uh, Sex Pistols tune. And again, we love. I love playing it because when you start screaming like DEA and CIA and then yep. you hit the USA part, man. We just we just scream at the top of our lungs on our show. It's, it's a blast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about you, Kyle? Yeah, I'm not really sure if I'm familiar with Angela. To be honest, I probably am, but I can't think of it off the top of my head, which is surprising <laughs> that I was not familiar with it right away. But um, I like what is it? What do we got? Teaser and Anarchy. Uh, primal Scream. Oh, primal Scream. Sorry. Yeah, Primal Scream. So I like that song. Um, I'm obviously born after this album came out. So um, I didn't I didn't really know, you know, listening to the other albums prior, I didn't realize that, you know, Decade Decadence I didn't really know of. So I didn't hear that song for a long time after I was already a Motley Crue fan. But I remember, I think it's, I'm pretty confident it's on uh, the Greatest Hits DVD where it's all the music videos. And I remember being a kid and being in trouble and can't go out and play and whatever. So I'd sit in my room and listen cover to cover. And I'd watch this Motley Crue DVD start to stop. And I'd just watch all the, the videos. So, like, even now, when I hear the songs, I play the kind of see the video and certain things in my mind from so many hours. But that's where I learned Primal Scream. I really like the Anarchy in the UK cover. 
Um, I don't know. That's it's just a. I'd prefer it over the Megadeth version. I prefer it over the original version. It's just more up tempo and I don't know, a little more in your face, a little more edgy. You know, the video, the big crowd, and the stage dives, and the you know, spit on the camera and smoking and all the the motley <laughs> activities happening is just full of attitude. Awesome. How about you, Kyle? Or how Russ? Russ, what's your Russ? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, no Russ. Yeah, no problem. Primal Scream. What I, I mean, but one thing I like about the Motley records is just how they sound. And when Primal Scream came out, it was like they took the the overall production value from Doctor Feelgood and brought it somehow. They brought it up just like another notch. And uh, I just remember that song really. It does what it says. I mean, I don't know what to say about it. It's just when we play that song, it just makes you feel like an animal, you know? <laughs> and uh, it's true. as far as, like, Angela, I don't know. I just think it was uh, an extra tune they had to put on there. It, you know, it, it's okay. Um, but I think their version of Anarchy is, is better than the original. I, I don't know. I'm probably, uh, I don't know if that's going to be a very popular thing to say, but I think it's the best version that there is of that song. Yeah, you know, I agree. It really fits the attitude of the band. The attitude of the band is like uh, almost coming off the rails, just the craziness, just anything goes, and that's exactly what that song is. So, I don't know. It fits. Yeah. I have to agree with what they said on the, those three songs. And, you know, we've, we mentioned some of the, all the other album reviews we do. Of course, there was the two extra songs on the Japanese release. You know, um, they did a live version of Doctor Feelgood, and my, one of my favorite crew songs, which I'm really upset wasn't on here, they did a live version of Red Hot. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's a I, good one. Just, I just love that song. Live is just oh my god. You know, yep. Yeah. Yeah. See us play it. Feels it on the drums. At Dude, you got to hear Kyle play that just, song, man. Play that for five minutes. Red Hot live. <laughs> Yeah, Angela, for some reason, I, I like it better when you guys did. Um, I can say this because the wife ain't in the room. I like it for personal reason. So let's kind of <laughs> get <into> that. So. <laughs> Understandable. We'll go from there. But, yeah, okay. I, I, like, I love the Primal Screen version, too, and the Anarchy ones are really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, when the album came out, uh, this Decade of Decadence in 1991, they also followed it up with a video album with 14 – you know, tracks, 14 tracks on VHS. Do you guys remember, uh, you know, throwing that in the VCR player uh, years ago and, and, and watching that, or did you ever see it? Uh, no, I'm not familiar with this here. I'm not sure what we're I'm talking not, about. Yeah. For this, I for this don't video. know what a VHS tape is, Kyle. No, yeah, no, I have VCRs here. I have all that stuff, but I'm not familiar with this Motley release. Yeah, I think I probably rented it from Blockbuster at some point because I'm paying for music. And uh, any video I could get my hands on, I probably rented it. But I've seen all the videos before because they played most of them on Headbangers Ball on MTV. Um, yeah. So it wasn't anything new to me. But I probably did rent it back in the day. And the last, the last two things I got here, you know, uh, this album went double platinum, and it only reached as high as number two on the charts. Now, guess what was number one at the time? It was Garth, it's Garth Brooks. It's painful to say, but Garth Brooks and I think the album had Friends in Low Places on it, which was absolutely unstoppable. Rope in the Wind was the album, and that uh, they, they never got up there, but uh, that, that's our 
that's if you go back in time, that was what was going on. It's sad. It's like Van Halen would have had a number one album if Thriller never came out at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Four was number two, and Michael they couldn't beat Michael Jackson. Yeah. No, uh, but hey, wasn't wasn't beat it on Thriller? Yeah. So oh, yeah. they got Eddie made number one. Yeah, Eddie was uh, number one. Yeah. <laughs> No, he, uh, but it gave notoriety because they're like, who does their solo on Beat It? And everybody say Eddie Van Halen. They go try to, they go find Van Halen albums, I guess. And then, like, number two albums. Well, that's the same guy. So it probably yeah. helps. <laughs> now, Andy, yeah. anything else on Decade of Decadence? Uh, I'll let you wrap it up here before we get no, into the. Uh, I, said, I, thought it was, I thought it was a good album. It was a yeah. great, great hit because it did just a couple songs from each album. They didn't bury it the recent stuff. They didn't put out, they didn't. Um, mixing 29 songs. I don't like the fact that there's too many new songs added to it. Greatest hits, maybe one new song and a live one. They put too many non released songs on there, from my opinion. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I mean, I'm, I'm glad they released some, you know, I'm glad like Primal Scream was on there and whatnot, uh, Rock and Roll Junkie, but I think that they should have kept to more of their hits overall they could have probably squeezed another five songs on there that were that were their songs you know yeah make it a two of them better or something. yeah well they did that later but yeah, yeah later on. all right andy i'll let I'll, I'll turn it over to andy to ask some questions about motley six so, so first of all like you guys doing a, a big tribute for stuff in um First of all, why, why Motley Crue? What was your love for that? Or how did you guys come together for this album of the band? Oh, boy. Can I take this one? Yeah. Somebody's got to speak there, Lyle. All right. So, uh, well, I must yeah, say we that we can't forget our lead singer, Jason Rivers, who is fully listening to this, but he's the main reason we kick so much butt. JFR. Okay. Salute. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, shout out to Jason here. But uh, yeah, we got started in 2015 through what is now called the Rock Camp Experience, and and it was a uh, it was uh, Jason and myself and two other guys, actually three other guys, and uh, one of the songs we we played was was Wild Side, and then we decided to do an all Motley Crew Rock Camp, and the next thing I know, we're uh, out playing real gigs and just having an absolute blast. I've I've been a you know a lifelong crew fan since I was in about third grade, and so it felt like really like a dream come true. And and the lineup of the band right now is without a doubt absolutely stellar. Each member is so solid, and I feel like it's just uh, like we're really really firing on all cylinders and every show is, is a blast. Um, so throughout the years, I mean, we've played anywhere from a uh, bowling alley to the turf club and the caboose and uh, route 47 multiple times and red carpet jerseys, old pine uh, theater, the Nordic uh i mean we've we've really had an opportunity to play a lot of places and 
I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. I, I can't think of anything more fun to do than to play live Molly Crew. Now, when you say bowling alley, be careful. Shockby Bowl's done a great job redoing that place. So just be oh, careful. yeah. You know, we haven't played there yet, but that would be awesome. No, this they was it's great down there now. I think the first big outside of the whole rock camp thing, which was, you know, turned out to be a really positive experience, was, uh, you know, we were playing at some little side bar off of a, a bowling alley. I can't even remember what the place was, but it was, it was, it was comically bad, the venue, you know. But I'm almost <laughs> glad that we got to do that because, you know, some of the cool places we've played, it's fun to look back and go, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we also did, the, you know, <laughs> the worst. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, we're trying to get in the shock people. Maybe this will help us get in there. But they uh, yeah, very popular. Uh, should be fans <laughs> out there. Is there a lot of um, – I know – Kiss and Todd does our trip fest out in the cities here a few times and other things like that. Is there any other tribute bands you like working with or you, you guys have got a lot of them you try to tour a lot with them? Um, not specifically uh, that we have either gotten to work with multiple times or, you know, there's a lot of – it's hard to make a lot of people have the same availability for some of the shows. So right. even if you really like to work with somebody, you might not get to work with them that much. But uh, we've, we've done a few things that were pretty good with a few bands, and we've done some things that were, you know, they get a little difficult sometimes, is what it is. But yeah, we're looking forward to some of the bands that our friends play in that we haven't done shows with yet oh, yeah. that are really good bands that are going to draw really probably good shows out of it, you know. So we're looking yeah. forward to doing some stuff coming up. I think uh, – what did, what did we confirm today there, Ed? Uh, oh, well, uh, we, yeah, so – um, kind of an exclusive. I can run down our our, our gig yeah. list for the upcoming tour schedule. Tour schedule, yeah. So uh, we're like you said, debuting up at Tripoli Fest on August 26th. We have the 3 p.m. slot. It's outdoors in uh, Bay Park, Bayfront Park. Um, mm -hmm. Great venue, great event. That uh, all the proceeds for, um, go to a couple of veterans uh, nonprofits up there. Then August 21st, we're at Jersey's in Invergrove Heights. That's September 21st. Right. October 21st. Oh, I uh, thought you said October August. 21st. That's <laughs> okay. Um, at Jersey's, we're uh, with two bands that are friends of ours. Queen of the Reich is a Queen Trike tribute band yeah. that's up and coming. Their lead singer, her name is Beth. She's also the lead singer of Sugar Buzz. She notes like you wouldn't believe. Uh, can get all of Jeff Tate's notes, no problem. She nails it. I seen it earlier this year at uh, yeah. the John Scott benefit, and it was on on point. Wow. Every every note, every every scream, everything was there. It was, okay. it was really good. And there'll be a tribute fest as well, so we get to see them live. And then Hybrid Theory, so it's like a three for that night. Hybrid Theory is another awesome band with our friends. That's a, a Lincoln Park tribute uh, that did really well at Rockfest. Uh, a couple weekends ago. Um, then November 11th, we're playing up at the Nordic Brewing up in Monticello. We're playing with Kellyan, who's a uh, Jewish priest tribute. Yep. Again, very good, very solid band. And then the uh, exclusive, yeah, so you've heard it first. We just booked it uh, today, actually. We got the okay. Is that on December 2nd at the Max Bar of Ham Lake, it'll be Motley Six and Queen of the Right. Okay. Uh, and show starts at 
um, nine o'clock, I believe. And uh, we haven't played that far north yet. Well, Duluth is pretty north, but as far as the city, you know, cities goes, yeah, uh, it's a new venue for us. Uh, really excited about it. We'll have a bunch of gigs. Queen of the Rack will have a bunch of gigs under their belt. So it's uh, you heard it here first. Great. Yeah, super cool. I was gonna yeah. say, like, there's a couple of high points, you know, like uh, we got to play with uh, the, the Metallica tribute band called One at the Caboose a couple of times, and that was a great experience. And I know that, at least from, from my perspective, I think we've had some really great times and, and good shows together with Old Voltage, the great ACDC tribute in town. Those guys are those guys are great, really really cool guys, and and they just do a hell of a job with the ACDC stuff, and so that's that was really fun, you know. Yeah, the drummer actually from Old Voltage, uh, I believe his last gig with them was uh, up north this past weekend. He's in my other band called Mellifluous, we're a classic rock pop uh, cover band. But he's him and his wife are in the band, uh, and we play play here and there. It, it kind of balances out with, I'm actually technically in three bands, but they all balance out because we don't play that often and that's fine with me. <laughs> but I mean, if I had to be honest, my wheelhouse is Molly Crew, 80s metal. Uh, it's just a ton of fun. Now, do you guys like uh, indoor uh, venues or outdoor summertime amphitheater kind of uh, venues? What's your thoughts there? Whatever we can get. <laughs> yeah. Who's ever checked for where you want to play? Yeah. If you give us, if you give us a room, indoor or outdoor, whatever it is, we will we'll make it work. Yeah. Saint Michael's got outdoor venue now too. Saint Michael, the music room, up. they got a new amphitheater outside. They're working on that. Yeah. This is like the first outdoor gig I'll do with them, but uh, depending on the weather, I I would rather play outside because you usually have more room to run around. Sure, that's true. That's true. We're out west here in the West Metro. Um, a lot of our events we go to is at Medina Entertainment Center. Yeah. You've been out there, and we haven't played there, but we'd certainly be open to it. Seen a lot of great yeah. concerts there over the years, though. Same. Yep. We were, we were just there last week after the Keeper Ellie Guns concert. Oh, yeah. Cool. Kiefer would have been oh, cool. Yeah, I was. I was always a Cinderella fan. Yeah, that yeah, was a really show. He puts on a great show, but uh, his age is starting to show afterwards. Boy, he's he he puts it all out there, uh, and he's just not afterwards. How's his voice? I know he had like throat surgery a few years he, back. He's doing very very good. He does yeah. a pretty good job. Cool. He's uh, yeah, he does he does well. Hey, I was going to ask you, uh, what's your guys' thoughts on the on the opening next next year of the Canterbury? Canterbury Park Amphitheater, an outdoor music venue holding 19,000 fans out there by the race tr racetrack. That should yeah. be an awesome uh, gig wow. to go see yeah. live music out there in the uh, entertainment uh, district out there in Shakopee. Well, yeah, I, would, uh, super cool. it. <laughs> I think it'll be better than, uh, a lot better than going to the racetrack to uh, yeah. watch concerts in the middle of the racetrack. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's probably going to hurt that that business altogether by having their own outdoor uh, amphitheater on the other side of the uh, the track. Yeah, would, Boy, that'll be a nice that'll be a nice venue, I think. But looking yeah. forward to that. We've been covering a little bit of that uh, on the show cool. here. Yeah, and they've had some festivals out there, uh, but I think it kind of complements the place because they're trying to expand their business. They got the poker rooms and that, 
And, you know, it seems like the outdoor fests do well. And with that new place, you could bring in big acts at night because the horses are ra don't race at night, I don't think. I could be wrong. I've never been there for horse night, night races. Night Rangers <laughs> put up there like a month ago out at Canterbury. So. Oh, did they? We're getting some... Yeah, get some good names out there to try to get or bigger acts to have big crowds, you know. Yeah, we need there. something like Alpine Valley, um, Wisconsin. I've been there a few times uh, to see shows, and it's just a great natural uh, amphitheater. With you know, you can the first half is all seats, and the back half is all grassy knoll that you can just sit and listen to music outdoors. And I think it's uh, people really want to get outside in the summertime, uh, being that the winters are so long. So hopefully they make yeah. it work. Yeah, that's what they're working out in St. Michael's Amphitheater. Um, yeah. You said earlier you'd like to do a show where just hold Shout Out the Devil album or something like that. Oh, yeah. Is there any, anyone ever influenced you on that, or is it just an idea of your own, or do you see someone else do something like that? I'm having trouble hearing you there. You were talking about the Shout Out the Devil album? Yeah, yeah the performance. Yeah, we're the idea of just that album. Well, I could probably answer. I mean, I think that uh, it's kind of fun to test ourselves to try to do that. I've been in a couple other tribute bands that we did albums front to back, and it's just fun to go from song to song. And then it kind of attracts people who maybe that was their first album or that's their favorite album, and they can sit there and listen, it, listen to it. Um, I was in a Stone Temple Pilots tribute band for a little bit, and we did uh, Core. And the only thing we couldn't do, there's like a 90-second little musical instrumental at the beginning of the album we just played that as our intro and then we did the rest of it live it's just kind of fun to ch challenge yourself and and just get it down and add all the extra stuff and i think the crowd loves it too that you're dedicating yourself there is. To he's on. Uh, jason <laughs> here. Hey. A lead singer from matzo six <laughs> what's up there JFR. Say the best for last. Yes. <laughs> Way to jump in. I was gonna I was gonna say regarding that shout at the devil thing, is that I think that album for people that really consider themselves to be hardcore Motley Crew fans, I think that would um, I think that show, if we pull it off, um, I think that'd be really important for a lot of people who are diehard Motley fans. And uh, I think it would bring uh you know just another level of credibility to what to what we try to do with this you know right well, yeah. now if you're doing a thing where to come maybe calculate there's this thing called albums and sometimes the album the way it sounds on the album were different from the cassette tape in order so would you go off the album cover to cover or the tape cover to cover mm. oh boy you know, some people like us that are nerds and, if I think different, I think the album would trump it, wouldn't it? We'd have to do the album. Yeah, I think the vinyl is what most people may have. Vinyl, whatever the first release the is, is the way it goes. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kyle, we'll go with what Kyle said there. Yeah. That's kind of like that's kind of like when you learn the song, the record doesn't lie. Right. You know, if it, if it's it's there, it's not. You either counted it right or you didn't count it right. You hit it right or you didn't. You know, you can just go back and the record never lies. So everything. Is based off that whether it's talking about the order, the start, whatever it is, you know, that's that's my opinion on it. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's an official release. 
That's not an official re-release. That's an official right. release. Yeah. 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 But what do I know? I wasn't alive when half these albums were. <laughs> I didn't even realize that Salt Order was different. I've never compared them to. So I always had the CDs and now or tapes or Some CDs. Some of them are different from the tapes. Huh. I'll have to compare because I have a lot of. I've just started getting into album collection. I'm a huge Monster Van Halen fan. I should compare notes because I have all three tape, cassette, and CD. Okay. So, yeah. There you see go. See if they're the same or not. Test the theory. Yeah, so what drew my album each side by tape, you've got to have it be 20 minutes. You get some songs that switch around. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, <laughs> That sounded like a bunch of underwater talking. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a little re- somebody uh, whoever uh, has uh, like audio coming through a speaker somewhere that's just an air too loud. Just turn it down to air. Otherwise, it's like the delay is echoing back to the microphone. I was going to ask Jason here, as he joined us later, what, uh, for Motley 6, what do you enjoy? What are the top songs you like to singing on the front stage there, on the main stage? What do you like to sing in there on the front? Oh, man. You know, anything anything from Shout. And, uh, and I'm kind of a sucker for for the crew covers. I like, I like to do Helter Skelter. And uh, anarchy, anarchy is a fave of mine. Okay. Yeah. And how about outdoor yeah, versus indoor? Sing that song. It's uh, yeah, it's incredible. That's <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, looking forward to seeing you guys. Uh, we haven't seen you guys perform. Looking forward to seeing it. But good luck next month up there in August at the Duluth Tribute Fest. Thanks. And uh, let us know again, Eddie, what are the dates and times for that show, Eddie? Oh, so Tribute Fest is a two-day event. It's Friday and Saturday. We're on the Saturday bill on August 26th. Our, our set time is at 3 o'clock, but I believe the music starts at 1. Uh, a bunch of our friends, tribute bands, are playing that day. And then for you guys, uh, Andy and Dan out west, we're going to be playing Nordic Brewing in Monticello uh, November 11th. So hopefully that's kind of close to you guys. Yeah, you guys yep. put up there for the Cinco de, de Mayo. We did. Cinco de Motley. Cinco de Motley with, uh, with Hellion, Judas Priest tribute yep. band. That's right. And then we played there last year in December. Uh, and it was, it was just us to, to a whole night at Motley Crew. Okay. Yeah, the first time, yeah. Now, have you guys ever met uh, the actual band or members of the band? No. No. Yeah, we'd no. like to ask that too. We'd like to ask that question because a handful of times people say, you know what, we had a strange encounter, or yes, we ran into some someone, a uh, member of the band or something, but it's always a good question to ask. Andy, anything else uh, from you, from Motley Six? No, no, just Can you hear me, um, Andy? good luck okay. this fall and winter on some of your shows there. Yep, you got me there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks for having us on the shows of the year, and uh, congratulations. 
Thanks. I really appreciate it. I really Thanks, appreciate guys. this opportunity to be yeah, on here. Yeah. yeah, we appreciate you guys having us. Also, whoever's watching, wherever you are, you know, go to uh, Motley Six Facebook. Check us out. We got T-shirts. We got merchandise. We got all kinds of stuff. For this stuff. Don't be afraid. If you want us in your city, reach out. Tell us the venue that books music there. We'd love to come play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that T-shirt right there. Look at that. Oh, are hot off the presses too, deep Oh yeah. <laughs> and once again, it's 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 Jason, Eddie, Kyle, Russ. Thanks again for being on the show. Go out and see them. Uh, Twitter, it's it's hashtag Motley Six on Twitter. Check them out on Facebook. Go see them live at the upcoming show. But uh, thanks again for your time, g- gentlemen, tonight. All right, thank, thank you, you guys. Rock thanks, on. Guys. Horns up. All right. Thanks Peace again. Out. See you. See ya. See ya.